In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Right. Well, so today I, I'm not sure where I want to start. I had two kind of opening um, questions isn't really quite the right word, but like topics of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. One that is connected to what we're talking about today and one that is just a random piece of information that I thought you would appreciate that I can share on air. Maybe I'll start with that one because... Um, okay, I, sorry I that wanna, one. I'm curious. I want, yeah, I'm curious to see what your reaction is. Um, oh, I'm, I'm really excited. I hope it's what you, I think it's going to be. Go ahead. <laughs> oh wow. Um, so you know how I like a napping show. You know, oh, okay, it's probably not what I'm going to think of it. You know how I like a crime procedural. Yeah, of course. Um. Guess which show I started to use for napping. Oh, congratulations. And... <laughs> which show was I'm going to go ahead and guess Criminal Minds. Correct. Correct. It's a good one. It's a good one for that. I mean, best, especially for me who's seen every episode. But um, good for you. You started it at season one, episode one? Correct. I did. You, um, you started at LDSK or whatever that one is. Wait, what is LDSK? What's that? Long distance serial killer. I don't know. It's one of the first episodes, I'm pretty no, sure. This was that footpath killer played by Lucas Haas. Yeah, yeah. That was like gotcha, gotcha. episode two or something. Yeah, thing. okay. I, lo- I love, um, what's his butt? Mandy Patinkin in those early episodes. He's so intense and like such a dick, but it's like kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, the whole thing, it's interesting because I know I've, like, dropped in on that, like, because when it, whenever it would be on TNT or whatever network it was on, like, I've dropped in on it at different stages of its evolution. And so to see it from mm. this very early start where I'm like, they don't really know how to use any of these characters yet has been yep, kind yep, of interesting. Um, I'm yeah, also it's de- you using can- my adult coloring book to it. It's great for that as well. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super a fan of the first season. Um I don't really like that character, the girl character they had before um Paget Brewster. Oh, um, that I don't woman really like who's called L. Yeah, I don't I don't love her. I mean, yeah. So I don't I don't really love that first season as much. I like it a little better from like season 3 on, but mm. I do love me some like early Gideon because he's such a weirdo there's some more like 
as the show goes on into the later seasons, they definitely bring in more diversity, I'll say. You know, they have Aisha Tyler is on for a couple seasons in the later. Yeah. Weird. Um, Okay. She's in the newest, she's in like the newest, like, Criminal Minds Evolution. She's in that. Um, Okay. Yeah, she was in the last couple seasons. Okay, now I'm just looking up Joe Mantegna. It's a lot of seasons. You have a, I, you have a lot to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. I looked and it said something insane, like 16 seasons. It's been on since 2005. Mm-hmm. That's 18 mm-hmm. years. So you're welcome. Anyway, yes, that's good for you. <laughs> if you ever you have any questions, that. if you ever, ever have, any, have any questions or concerns, you can let me know. I'll, I can direct them fill you in. Um, yeah. Now, what was the thing you thought I was going to reveal? Oh, not a reveal. Well, I thought you were going to ask me about, like, the alien press conference, alien oh, congress thing that's oh. going on. <laughs> sure. Well, maybe we'll, we can put a pin in that for when we do a, yeah. an actual, like, I mean, this is a space thing, but it's not quite but aliens. But there's no aliens. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, just, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it on on the back burner. Um, so welcome everyone okay. to see you next week in space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh. Amy, why don't you tell them what we are talking about today, which is in space, um, which I was surprised you selected because it you is hate- in space. Well, here's the thing. So okay, uh, full transparency, everybody. Sarah's last. Four or five picks have been real stinkers. <laughs> I accept it. Um, I know. I've made some <laughs> poor choices in my life. You know, and, and I'm not the best judge of that because I find 95% of what we watch to be stinkers, so whatever. But but you were really getting ask, upset at me. And so, like... Well, it really I think felt it like there was, like, a direct... Yeah. Yeah, I it really it felt like a direct attack. When you said I was trolling you, and I was like, I wasn't. I actively thought I was picking something that would be better, and so then I was like, I think I'm. I've lost my ability to pick for a while, so I like I asked you for some guidance. So yeah. So full disclosure, I picked this one um, mainly. I picked it because a I'd already seen it, (laughs) and b. It was one that when I initially watched it, I was like, oh, this would probably be pretty good for the podcast. It's, you know, spacey. Yeah. Um, so what it is, is an episode of Black Mirror. It is this the episode called Beyond the Sea, which is from this current season or the most recent season, season six. And it came out on June 15th of this year. Yes. Um, this is actually our second Black Mirror episode. Um, this, I think, mm-hmm. is the first TV show we've revisited uh, thus far. Um, we talked about... Well, they're was, so standalone, you know? Yeah, for sure. I was reminded, though, that we actually talked about Black Mirror's USS Callister. That was our very second episode of It was early, early on. Yeah. I do remember that. Oy, oy, and, oy. Um, Different times. Aaron, pa- Aaron Paul was in both. <laughs> so that's interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, really? He has a he I at forgot. the end of USS Callister, he does a voiceover at the very end, <gasps> some voice work. I wonder if there's like some type of weird connection. I don't know. Um so we don't That's really necessarily have to talk about Black Mirror. Um most people listening probably have watched at least an episode or two. 
Um, I was mostly surprised that it's been around now for 12 years. It began in 2011. Um, and there are only 27 oh, episodes, wow. which seems strange. Um, well, they have very few per season, yeah. and they do their the lengths. The lengths are all over the place, and for sure, then like I was surprised one, this one was basically a movie. I was surprised. I know that is the it. one downside. I know it is the one downside, but it was the most like of this season. I feel like it's the most. You know, like we could have done the werewolf one, I suppose, mm-hmm. but. Um, Everybody kind of hated that one, so I felt like maybe we shouldn't. Um, and this one, I feel like, was the, one of the better reviewed ones of the season. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The, the length is is a bit is a bit much, but I, I was think shocked because at one point I was like, "Oh, I got to be close to the end here," and then it was like, "You've watched forty minutes, and there are fifty more," and I was like, "What?" I know. <laughs> I know. I know, even in something I like, I struggle with that big time. Like, I, yeah, I, that, that would be, that would be a, a deduction point for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of specifically the description of this episode, we have from IMDb, in an alternative 1969 Two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences of an unimaginable tragedy. Um, and I would say that's an apt description. Um, yeah, although it doesn't say, like, uh, a, it just says high-tech mission. It doesn't say that they're in space, and I feel like that does add a layer. Of like, yes. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it, indeed. Um, and in terms of the cast, we've talked about most of these people before in various... Um, different movies where they've all appeared or different things they've all mm. appeared. Um, the first character is called Cliff Stanfield, played by a 44-year-old Aaron Paul, um, who we talked about when we talked... Uh, well, we might not have talked much when we talked about the USS Callister because he does just come in at the very end to do a bit of voice work. So we might mm-hmm. not have talked about him. Um, but uh, I was unsurprised to realize based on my time living in Idaho that Aaron Paul is from Idaho originally he has kind of an Idaho what does that mean he look about him <laughs> a look yeah. what does that mean white well white is part of it for sure um <laughs> I guess I would just desc- how would I describe it um I guess I'll say this he looks like he grew up on a farm when when I saw he was from Idaho I was like that checks out like and interesting when I meet people who then reveal that they're from Idaho, I'm like, I can see it. Um, like I couldn't pick them so out of a crowd, but once they identify themselves, I'm like, yep, got it. Um, I'm so I'm so curious what that is exactly. I've never been really, to Idaho, so I have yeah, no I, idea. it's hard. I'm not sure. Um, so he, I also, so he's been. He, like, most of the people who are, like, the primary people in this, um, he's, like, the TV guy. Um, Both Josh Hartnett Mm -hmm. and Kate Mara I would describe as kind of, although Kate Mara is also maybe a TV girl. um, But Josh Hartnett is more of a Mm -hmm. movie guy. Um, Yeah. But Aaron Paul has also been in a short movie called Weird, where he plays the titular Weird Al in the 
weird Al Yankovic story. Whoa. Which I think would be an interesting I one cannot to see. picture that. I know. Um, and then uh, he's in, of course, one of your super all-time favorite shows, Breaking Dad. Um, which for him... Love him in that. I mean, he's... Go on. Oh, I mean, he's just so good. Such a, such a lovable little druggie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's so good in that show. Well, you and many others agree because it's so he has like um, very consistent TV work all up until that point, And it's when he's in Breaking Bad that then he starts turning into more of a movie guy. Um, so like yeah. that, that's his big break that kind of turns things into you know, oh, the for place sure. he is now. Um, next, we have the character David Ross, played by a 45 year old Josh Hartnett. Um, who we talked about when we did the faculty these many mm-hmm. oh, yeah. moons ago. Um, oh, I keep choosing I, stuff with Josh Hartnett, which isn't on purpose. <laughs> well, people are really loving him right now because I like saw on Twitter recently, or excuse me, I saw on X recently that... Um, on white what? Twitter apparently is changing its name to X because Elon Musk thinks that's going to like save it somehow. I don't really even know. Okay. Um, wow. I need to have a whole full conversation about that. That sounds like a porn site. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, Twitter is that bad enough. That is a terrible rebrand. Anyway. Um, but Whoa. so, like, recently I was seeing some bubble ups on Twitter about Josh Hartnett. And I think, like, and it's kind of like people saying, like, why were you sleeping on Josh Hartnett in the first place? He's always been pretty good. Um, but I guess mm. he's in Oppenheimer now, and so people oh. are, like, falling all okay. over themselves to say how great he's been in that movie. Um, oh, okay. I, I don't know any, really anything about that movie, and, like, so I'm not, I'm not going to I don't care far, to but, see it. Yeah. No. I, I heard it's real long. <laughs> I that literally heard it's me. long, and then I'm I like, mean, out, it's probably- O-U-T, out. Well, I honestly, let me have just a look because I, I swear it's like got to be three hours long. It is. It is. It's three it's hours. Long. Exactly. Those, and it's, For fuck's sake. Make two movies. Like just make no, two. two. And what is. And I've heard people say that the Barbie movie is too long and like that's I less, would, a little under two hours. So it's like two hours. I would also say because we talked about this in our production call. Because it's quite heavy-handed <laughs> with a capital A, capital A, M, A message, um, yeah. <laughs> I, you can cut down on some of that, I felt. Like, I liked yeah, yeah. it, you know, whatever. But when it got to the end, it was like, I don't think all could wrap of this, this needs to be here. Like, we've already had yeah. a couple, I like, mean, tear-jerky moments. Like, let's just... Yeah, Move on. I haven't I haven't seen it, but like, oh. it, but again, I will stand by. Even in like, I can handle movies that I like being a little bit longer, and certain styles of movie sure. being a little longer. But let's just all agree on the ninety minute model, okay? <laughs> let's yeah. try to get start with get that. On that, start with that, and then if you need an extra five to ten minutes, I accept it. Like, but start with that. And do a focus like, group. And do yeah. a focus group before you add that five to ten minutes. Well, because especially, like, I'm like, the one of the main reasons I'm not interested in Oppenheimer is not only its length, but, like, I'm like, how many more goddamn movies 
do we have to sit through the indignity of watching a white guy, quote unquote, struggle with the big events of his fucking life? I don't (laughs) care, man. And also, especially Oppenheimer, I knew it because I've been asking people who went, I knew that what it, just from like the buzz about it, I was like, they're going to try and make us feel bad for the man who was the central architect of the world's and history's and humanity's most destructive weapon ever. Fuck that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm they're not going to yeah. be party to that even at all. Like, I agree. And it's like, oh, but he's nice because he eats out his wife. Whoa. It's like, gross. Ew, what? Like, <laughs> Wait, is um, that a real? Okay, I I, I doubly am not going to see it it's now. It's apparently quite sexy and like sexual. That was also the Ew. buzz, and I was like, "What the fuck oh. is this?" <laughs> like, okay, okay, I don't. Okay, bomb. I don't need. I don't like, need. I don't need historical porn. You know what? I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Like I. I no, guess thank you. See what I will Flora's say about Josh Hartnett rests quite a lot in it. Is what I've heard. Oh, that I could see why people would be into. People love her. But, like, and I like her. And I like her, too. Like, but no, thank you. The rest of that, I can, no, I will not be watching that. I will say about Josh Hartnett, we talk about him with the faculty. One of my favorites is the other one you wrote in here, which is Halloween Halloween H2O. H2O. (laughs) Which I didn't, I don't know if I said this the last time or maybe I did, but I find it amazing. That was his first job. His very first credit. (gasps) Was H2O. And he was like the lead. Yes. That's whoa, that's really crazy. And do you know like how 90s that movie is? It's like peak 90s. I actually I just watched it recently. To, uh, maybe I need to watch it tonight. I haven't watched it in a while. Ooh, it's a good one. Because isn't it's a good that one. the it's one Michelle where, Williams. Yes, but like isn't it where Jamie Lee Curtis is um, Lori, now I'm forgetting her last name, Lori Strode. But she's like, yeah. pretend, she's taken a different name. And is like pretending. I can't remember. And she's like a headmistress of a school or something. Yes. 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 She's headmistress of this like private school that her son goes to. And Josh Hartnett is her son? Yes. Okay. And then it's like, it's him and his girlfriend, Michelle Williams. LL Cool J is like the security guard. There's also. There's also another kid that's familiar who's like the nerd, but I forget what I what he's familiar from. There's also I want to say there's another there's some other like teenagery twenty year olds in it. I forget, sure. but it's very nineties. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll watch it tonight. Um, and then it's finally, kind of a fun one. rounding things out, as Lana Stanfield, we have Kate Mara, uh, a mere tender forty years of age. Um, and we talked about her when we talked about The Martian, because she was in that. Um, but she... Oh, I forgot that. Uh, similar to Aaron Paul, really has like a big catalog, bigger than I realized, of TV work. Like consistent TV work. Um, that leads up to like a transition to more movie stuff around 2006. Um, and she's most recently, I just started watching her. I like her too. Um, she looked very ill in this, this episode. Like, and I like at one skinny. Well, yeah. And I'll talk, we can talk about it. There was this one shot of her where, cause I wasn't sure what was going to be the disturbing thing that was going to emerge. And so at one point I was like, 
oh, is she gonna, is it gonna turn out that she's like been slowly dying of cancer, but she's never told her husband? Oh. Like, cause there was, there was something where that she That would looked, have been a good one. Yeah, there was something where she looked so gaunt and like a little bit like, um, mm. like sweaty and peaky, you know, like, and I was just like, mm-hmm. what? Or like, she's gonna reveal a pregnancy. Like there was something where I was like, maybe that's what's oh. gonna happen. Um, mm. but no, she's just skinny in real life. Yeah. Apparently. She is quite skinny in real life or at least the real life meaning when I see her on other shows, um, which in <laughs> fact, I just yeah. started watching. She's in, um, I can't remember if this is Disney plus or maybe it's Apple TV. Um, but there's a show called class of 09, um, <clears> which <throat> I just started watching, which is pretty cool. I might have us talk about one of the episodes, Coming up, um, because it's that's like a crime procedural where it's set in 2009, the present, and 2034, and they shift between um, those time frames. And all the and it's all the same actors, so they like make them up to look young and they make them up to look old and like stuff like that. Now, that's very interesting because I feel like she's someone who is perfect for that in particular. I don't know why I say that, but I feel like she's very able to look super young yeah but I could also picture her being made up to look much older I don't know why that's a weird thing to say about someone but her skin is really lovely and so that lends itself to looking young and then when you're old and her face is kind of youthful looking like it just there is something sort of youthful and her eyes look innocent (laughs) and then an, an old person can end up having nice skin still. That's just like, you know, luck of the draw. So that, I think that's probably well, why it works well And for with her. her being skinny. Right. Yeah, and with her being skinny, like, she that doesn't can be have. Made, well, that can be made to look haggard as, you yes. know, like if you're older, that can look haggard. If you're younger, you know, right. you can make it right. be sort of whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, they have, so most of the actors in that show, so the premise is, is that they're all from the same FBI class of 09. That's what it's called, class of 09. Oh, interesting. And mm, I like that. Yeah. And most of the actors in it are probably around my age. And so they like age them down in the 09 mm. clips and then they're yeah. like my age in the 23, 2023 bit. And then they like age them yeah. for 11 years later. So yeah, it's a good one if you want to. Okay. Give it a check I like out. That. It is That's fun. It is science fiction e because yeah. it's got this element like, and this is also kind of tying back to Black Mirror, not this episode, but um, the premise of that show is that law enforcement changes really radically when AI is brought into it as a thing. Um, oh, okay. So that's that's kind of the is starting Josh Hartnett in that too. He is not, no. but there are some other handsome guys. Oh, I thought th- in it. Okay, I thought I saw. I, th- I saw like I just looked up a picture of it, and I, the first thing I saw I was like, "Is that freaking Josh Hartnett right there?" I know. He, no, okay. But, yeah, there are some other guys who look a bit like him in it. It's true. Um, okay. So here we are in Beyond the Sea, um, and even I thought like I wasn't sure why. Maybe we can start here. I wasn't sure why this episode was called Beyond the okay. Sea because that was my question too. Because. Now, you know the song, Beyond the Sea, sung by Bobby Yeah, Darren. and they played it at the beginning. Well, Yeah, and, and the they played it is, at the beginning and end. Well, and I just looked this up because they don't even actually play Beyond the Sea. What they play is the original French version 
of that song. Oh. Um, because they... Well, like, took it to be beyond the sea. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what we're meant to know. But, like, so the original French song is called La Mer, and that's by mm. uh, a French singer called Charles Trenet. Um, oh. And that came out in 1946. So, and then Bobby Darren changes it into English in 1959. Um, yeah, I don't see the connection. I mean, I was curious about that, too. Um, and then I was like, well, they play the song at the beginning and the end. But other than that, like, not fully seeing the connection. Yeah. Um, maybe at, we can maybe circle back to that at the end and see if we've come yeah. up with something. But so yeah. we open up into this world of this alternative 1969. Um, and as is typical for Black Mirror, we don't really know what we're seeing for like kind of a while into the story. And especially, mm-hmm. I will say what's interesting about this episode, and we've talked about a lot of things like this. This one, this is a lot of showing without a lot of talking. So you have to really sort yeah. of like be watching to understand how this story is unfolding. So the first few minutes are switching back and forth between this one family in a very kind of like cool looking 1969 house and this other family having what appears to be a real bummer of a life somewhere out in the country. Um, and it, like, whereas the family in like, and I don't know if this is, yeah. Cause they say that the one family is in California. So it's like, everything mm-hmm. looks like an Instagram filter. It's like, Oh, we're doing this yeah. and we're having this like fabulous life. And then the other family is literally in the middle of nowhere. And like the father and son are having a hard time interacting. The husband it's and like wife. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen it, but, like, I don't no. know. <laughs> it's just, like, that kind of big, old-style farmhouse, yeah. you know, like. And and the farmhouse itself is fine. It's not so much that that sure. bothers me. It's, like, you can tell the family is one of those families that, like, doesn't really, like, there's no noise in the house, even when people are there. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, right. And I wouldn't say that you and I come from a super boisterous family um but like what was being portrayed I was like Ooh, I, this looks like this family it's, is not very happy like there's mm-hmm. quite a lot of tension not a lot of family. connection yeah um mm-hmm. then we follow the fun happy California family to the movie theater and the family is watching. I actually looked this up. I, I thought this was what it was, but I had to confirm it. They're watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um, which came oh, out that's funny. in, let me just make sure I'm saying this correctly. I think it came out in 68. Yeah, 1968. Um, so this is, whoa, when that movie is two and a half hours long. What were they thinking back then? Oh, um, kill me. I might. Well, you know, I will say, okay, for back then, okay, here's what I'll say about that. Back then, there was less media to consume. So you might be willing to watch a two and a half hour movie. (laughs) And like going out, if you're going out, like it was maybe more of a 
to An do. Event. Yeah. Um, so like I could maybe forgive it at that time. Now we've we're saturated. So everybody yeah. like I will say it again, 90 minute model, get into yes. it. So they're watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And uh, as they leave the theater, these set of like teenagers come up and they're like talking to the dad, aka David, and asking him questions. Um, and specifically they're saying, like, are you sleeping up there? And we still don't really know what is going on, you know? Um, yep, didn't have any idea. And so you're like, okay, that's interesting, weird. Um, when this family comes home after their evening out, uh, David's wife, who I'm forgetting what her name is. Let's see. I literally have no idea. Um, in the, in the, her character's name is Jessica. Um, this is played by Auden Thornton. Thornton. Um, hmm. So she notices that there's a strange kind of VW camper van thing parked outside their house in the street, um, but doesn't make much of it. Um, then we cut to kind of later that evening. The kids have been put into bed, and Jessica and David are like relaxing just the pair of them having a drink, listening to not Beyond the Sea, but La Mer by Charles Trudeau. Very interesting. And then they have this rather extensive and seemingly quite passionate makeout session in the living room. Um, and, and, it, and I will have some things to say about this later, but for now, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's nice. They seem to have a nice life together. And I think the point is here in these initial parts of the episode is we're supposed to be like, David's family is loving. David's family is gregarious. Mm -hmm. David's family lives this California dream. Meanwhile, Cliff's family is just a bunch of miserable people stuck in a mess together. <laughs> you know, like, um, with seemingly yeah. no escape. Um... Yeah. Then David gets both of them, David and Cliff, in their respective homes, get an alert on their watches. So they have to go into, they each have these rooms in their homes where they have what I'm just calling like a rig, um, basically, because I don't really know what mm -hmm. else I'd call it. I think they maybe eventually call it, I don't know. Do you think when A they, weird, like. Because they start saying the link. So, like, would you say the chair yeah. is the link? Is yeah, I guess, like, I mean, up up in space, it's more a bed-like. Down, like, in their respective homes, it's more, like, medical chair-like. Yeah, like a very intense dentist's chair or something. Yeah, one that I, like, one that if I walked into the dentist and that was the chair, I would say, oh, my gosh, I've got to go. Yeah, uh, well, you, <laughs> like, would, you would expect. I will not. You would be saying here. You would expect Steve Martin to dance in as the dentist and be like, Correct. let's go. And I'm Correct. Like, I gotta get out of here. Correct. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So they lay down in these rigs and then they wake up in their respective circular pod bedroom quarters, I guess, um, in a yeah. spaceship. And uh, 
we learn, like, so there's been, like, a slight impact with the ship that they need to repair. Um, and Cliff, mm-hmm. we learn, is the one who actually has a skill set for that task. So he goes out on a spacewalk. Just to be clear, like, the first time I watched this, I did not still fully understand what was happening. Like, well, I definitely didn't still... fully get the link thing. Oh, I mean... We still don't know the fullness of whatever's going on. Yeah. At this point, we just know yeah. like there's some version of them that's clearly on Earth, and then there's some version of them that is clearly in a spaceship, and that's yeah. And they're connected, but we don't know how, like that's still yeah. rather opaque at this point. Um, yeah. And I also was like, or is this like flashbacks or flash forwards? You know, like, right. like, is it that right, right, what's right. happening? Um, so Cliff has to go outside of the ship to do a repair on it. And this is when I felt very triggered because there's this one shot of Aaron Paul down, like, on this piece of ship that's, like, just a seemingly, like, a long kind of... A tube coming down off the main bit of the ship and he's down at the very mm-hmm. end of it and the camera pulls back and back and back so that you can see the whole thing is just floating in nothing you know like he's terrible floating he's connected to the ship which is also floating into nothing <laughs> like I was just like I don't like this I mean I can't think of anything worse I literally yeah. can't think of anything worse and I will say one of the things that I think is surprising about how, like, if we are to think about this just in terms of, like, the logistics of the, the space mission, whatever it is that they're on, because we don't fully get the details on that. I think it's rather strange that they only have two people on this team. Like... Absolutely. I mean, I know just nothing about what it is like they're trying enough. to do, but... like. No, I would think that, like, I again, I don't know NASA's rules or anything, but, like, you would think that just safety-wise, two would never, like, mathematically would not be enough. Because, well, yeah, you're like, if, a, and if one person goes crazy, or dies, one person goes crazy, or whatever, or dies, like, then then you are, like... What? What do you do? (laughs) Well, and especially because it seems like they're setting up that Cliff has technical skills that David doesn't have and vice versa. Right. So if either one of them died, then the other one would be stranded or something. I don't know. Like, um, I mean, and then at that point, like what? (laughs) <laughs> that would have been an interesting if that would have been an interesting direction too if something like that had happened and then they have to use that like link to come back down and be like yo Help we have me. like a major yeah. space problem yeah like because what I will say about this show like not to give anything away no spoilers yet but like for a movie or for a whatever <laughs> this is a show yeah. that takes place in space light on the space, space problems very light on the space problems. It's more earthly problems that Indeed. we're dealing with. Indeed, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So once this damage has been fixed, they they have like a brief chat between the two of them. 
and they talk about their home lives. And David in particular is like asking after Cliff's wife. Um, and Cliff outright lies and it's like everything at home's going great. And as the viewer, you already know <laughs> that's not true. Um, but I guess what right. I would wonder is I'm like, is Cliff lying or does he really think that things are going great? Like, is he happy? Yeah. There, and he's because, just you know, so oblivious to what else is going on. Like, his son is clearly not happy. His wife is clearly not happy. So, like... And I could believe that about this yeah. character, to be honest. Yes. Like, I yes. could believe that he's just, like, this is what it is. Yes. Um, we will talk about toxic masculinity soon. Because <laughs> um, that's... When, I, when I've had to, like crystallize and distill like what do I think the message from this episode is I think it's to do with mm. that but like we can get mm. there um okay so Cliff returns to the farm via his link and is this the one? Oh yeah this is the scene where I thought um Kate Mara looked sick like she there's oh. some I don't know because they're like in bed or whatever, talking. Maybe it's the lighting or something. I don't know. Something, it like, her face looked shiny and, like, gaunt and, hmm. like, quite pale. And I was just like, hmm. ooh, is, is she going to reveal? Because then they're, like, having this talk where she's like, maybe we could have a party. And I was like, mm. oh, is she going to reveal, like, she needs this party because she's on her deathbed or something, you know, and he hasn't <laughs> noticed. Um, uh-huh. But he very flippantly dismisses that entirely um and basically like rolls over and goes to sleep while she keeps the light on to read a book um okay I have a question wait I have a quick okay. question now yeah. when I thought they so they do sleep on earth yes it seems like, to be that seems to be true hmm that seems Although, strange because I thought the whole we they might, the whole point was that like when they're down, it's they're sleeping up there. So like, right. I guess I don't know. Well, I guess they're just like mimicking normal life when correct. they're down there. So I, yes. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think so. It was very um, unclear all the time, like how much time they spent, or if the time on Earth was equal to how much. T- I guess it wouldn't be question mark. Well. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, this, I think, goes back to some of the other more realistic space movies that we've watched, like The Martian and even like Interstellar, um, mm-hmm. where there's that issue of like the, the amount of time that space travel takes and the right. various ways that people think we might respond to that in the future. Right. So like clearly, and so, um, yeah, so let's do the first reveal because this is about to happen in the next scene. The David and Cliff that we have been watching interact with their families down on earth. What are they, Amy? Uh, They are replicas of the real guys. So it's my interpretation of it or my, I I don't know if it's an interpretation or like what, anyway, is that this space program or this mission for 
they knew this. It was going to take six years. This right. mission that they're doing is a six-year thing. So they built these replicas of these guys so that they could come back to Earth and resume a normal life with their families throughout the mission. Right. So w- when they go to sleep up in these like special weird little chambers in the space space <laughs> in their spaceship, right. they they then their their replicas awaken. And so it's it's a replica of their body, but it is technically their brain yes. is there. Yes. And so that's why rather than saying that the men on the ship are real and the men on Earth are not real, I think it's better to say that the men on the ship are organic and the men on Earth are mechanical replicas, whatever right. you want to say. But, but they, they do are, have they their are, actual they brains. Equally, they are equally David and Cliff. Like they are... Yeah. Like they share... Um, yeah, I don't know, like, their brains are the same. Their feelings are the same. Like, when their like when they go back the up in... Right, like, when they go back up into space from being... From their replica being awake down on Earth, they, like, have recall of those events that happened yes. on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Like, because the amount of time to do anything in space, especially in 1969, but even still now, uh, and for the foreseeable future, um, people will need to, in some cases, depending on where you'd want to go, you might spend your whole life on the trip just getting That sucks. That literally sucks. (laughs) And so we don't, we never know what their mission is or why it's meant to last six years, but we know that it is a six-year mission. And so I guess what we're meant to infer is that in this alternative version of 1969, NASA has decided that to to ask of an, an astronaut and, in this case, his family, that they be separated for that amount of time is simply too much. And, and perhaps even the, maybe there's even some more kind of like concrete compelling reasons about like that amount of time spent in space would deteriorate Mm -hmm. the human body, such and such amount. They probably are like, Mm -hmm. there's mental health considerations to be aware of. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, And so... Somebody clearly decided the how we're going to address this is basically they will spend as little time experiencing space travel as possible. Um, they will spend most of that mission just at home doing normal stuff, and they will only have to mm-hmm. like engage with space occasionally. Um, and that's how we're gonna like arrange this now. I would say, based on what happens, that was a bad choice because, like, what comes across when David and Cliff are on the spaceship interacting with each other, they don't know each other at all. They have no real, even, like, they don't even have the level of, like, connection that coworkers would have. Like, yeah, they're basically strangers to each other. Um, and, and yeah. clearly that doesn't set up for a great work environment. 
I would say. Um, so then it is nighttime in California and David wakes up because he hears noises in his home, um, which is terrifying. And hate that. And as we've said numerous times, and I think this show bears it out, your role is never to investigate. Your role is to call the fucking police. Like, get out Absolutely. of the house. I mean, like, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I to, like hard agree, but also at that time in 1969 you didn't have a cell phone so the right. phone could be somewhere that you couldn't get to readily nowadays for sure it's like your phone is near your bed do that first <laughs> yeah well um i, I guess i guess i could see you where would, you even back then you would have probably had an extension in your bedroom it would have been pretty i guess common. so but i guess I will say that as a person with animals, now I know they didn't have animals in this, I don't think, but like no. if I hear a noise in the middle of the night. You assume it's them. My first, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty hard on the like, I'm afraid I'm going to get murdered thing, but I would first assume it was my animals. Now, and by the time they're like in my room, like calling the police ain't going to do shit, but like. True. But yes, I agree. In a big house like this, you have time. I I feel yeah. like I'm like, even if so. So say you don't have an extension in your bedroom. It's like, wake up your wife and kids and shimmy out the back door. Quietly like, get out. Yeah, yeah. Quietly get out and, and then make be like, a phone hey, call. We think someone's in our house. house. Yeah. Totally. Um, in this case, what David does is he takes a baseball bat to investigate. Um, this was actually going to be my other question because it's a very stereotypical thing that got shown a lot in like TV and movies is like the man comes down with a baseball bat. It, what would be your weapon of choice were you to go investigate? Like, because I was like, I don't even have a baseball bat. You're asking bat. me? <laughs> like, I don't either. I, I don't know I would what be I would real screwed. I don't, I mean, I don't know that I have anything that's really like heavy enough. That I would no. trust to use. For I that have purpose. right, like, and in my bedroom, like in the kitchen. If I could get to the kitchen, I, I would have a knife, I suppose. But like, the kitchen is my whole house, so like, I'm not gonna get there. Right. <laughs> but like, right. the uh, in my room, it would have to be. I feel like maybe choice number one. I do have a vase, like a smallish vase okay. with like rocks in the bottom. Okay. Could I could maybe enough, smash them on the head But then you'd have to get that. so close to the person to do it. I know. And then my other thing I would have would be like a shoe. <laughs> and <laughs> that is some like close contact. And I don't feel like any of our shoes are really big enough to cause that much damage. To do much damage. But, yeah. Yeah. It would, those would be like the only thing I had remotely close in my bedroom that I feel like I could use. Mm, yeah. I have also. Some of Isaac's like guitars and stuff. Mm. I could get a guitar that and seems, smash that them. Someone, heavier. I guess. That seems heavier. At I least. guess. Um, but that's a that would be take. It would take would make a lot of noise getting it out and yeah. stuff. I feel like well, it wouldn't be quite so seamless. 
And that's also something that you just pointed out is like, did he keep that bat in his bedroom or did he sneak to the garage, get a bat, and then come back in the house? No, I think the assumption is, I think the... No, I think the assumption would be that that was in his bedroom. I feel like that is like, especially for men of that time period, I feel like isn't that's like the thing is like, well, I have a bat in the bedroom, right? Like, isn't that sort of I a guess. trope? I mean, that's what they show on TV and stuff, but I'm not sure that that was like how people actually did things. Um, but nonetheless, that's what David chooses to do. And when he comes down the stairs, what does he find? Um, well, he finds, I can't remember, one, two, three, four, five. There were five of them? He finds, no, like, five, four. um, oh, four. Four people who would, I, I would characterize as, like, the Manson family type. Yep, yep. Um, and, uh, led by Rory Culkin. <laughs> yep. Um, and I don't know why their name, their names are Kappa, Sigma, Theta, and Epsilon, um, not quite sure what that's about, but... We don't um, learn... I mean, clearly that's a cult thing as well, you know? Um, yeah. What we don't know... So they're... We don't see the that story. Right, right, right. So they're there as a sort of, like... I don't know why people would necessarily be, like, super upset about this mission or the fact that... But they're basically like, what are you? Are you, like... They're mad that he's, like, not the real guy, Right, so they, um, I'm trying to think, I can't remember. I th- this is very much meant to mirror the Manson family murders, um, which happen in August of Earth are not 
the biological versions of themselves. Um, right. And basically, Kappa, Sigma, Theta, and Epsilon are clearly part of some sort of cult situation, and they perceive um, the existence of David's replica as a violation against nature. Um, and Oh, that's weird. That's right. I forgot that yeah, part. That's what they say about him. And so they first cut off his arm. That's when we see the reveal that there's like, I don't know. I, I don't really know how I describe it. Like, cause it's, it looks pretty high tech, but it's like mechanical bits and this weird sort of like golden goo that comes out like yeah. blood, but isn't blood. Um, and then they smash his head with a hammer. Um, and he, blacks out and wakes up in the ship, you know, in space, billions of miles away, mm-hmm. freaking out. Meanwhile, he eventually gets kind of falls back into his body. And um, this gang are now, they've pulled the wife and kids out of bed and are basically like, we're going to kill all of you. Because, you know, David is a replica, so he's an abomination. And the fact that the family acted as though nothing was wrong makes them an abomination as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they kill the whole family, um, slaughter them, smear blood on the walls. This is all very Manson family murders stuff. Um, and they burn, yeah. They, yeah. they burn David's replica such that it can't be repaired. Um, meanwhile, Rough. yeah, it's bad. And I would, like, I was expecting there to be more, I was like, oh, this is where it's going to go. It's going to follow this like cult thing and we're going to maybe go to the trial. Like, but then it didn't go there either. And I was like, okay, so no, interesting. Um, meanwhile, back down at the farm, Cliff gets news about what's happened to David's family. Um, mm-hmm. And he tells his wife, Lana, about it. Um, and we also learn, this is when we learn, like, the kind of full length of their mission, that they have four years left to go. Oof. Yes. And that um, because of whatever went into making these replicas, because physical David, biological David, is in space, they can't make a new replica again. So he, so like... Oh, shit. So what, I forgot that part. Yeah, so this is part of, this is why, this is where the pivot of the story happens, because basically, mm-hmm. because David has no replica anymore, he will now have to experience those remaining four oh. years entirely solely on the ship and every time that cliff is with his family david is alone (sighs) yeah going space crazy correct (laughs) correct um yeah and again like not that i'm blaming nasa for not for like they can't have foreseen that a cult was going to come and like brutally murder this guy well that's a very 
Yeah, um, that's a very specific concern. But again, the two people, it just there's doesn't got there. That's and like as well, like that there could have there could have been a failure of these replicas rendering a any similar type of problem. thing, or like even aside from the replicas, even if let's say the main reason for the replicas was to protect the like psychological state of the yeah. crew, you'd have you'd be like, but that's not a guarantee that. Someone's no. not going to go crazy. So we need to have various different, like, contingency plans for if and yeah. when something goes wrong. Like, at the very and, least, and like, someone was probably going to die in those six years that was going to be close to these guys. And they don't sure. seem to have even a contingency plan that would have been, like, the quote-unquote standard plan for that. Like, well, even, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm obviously they didn't show, like, every single thing that was going on, but they don't even show them at any point, like, contacting a base or a boss right. or a, right. a, anybody even at NASA, you know, and, like, I maybe they didn't want to, like, get into the nitty-gritty of that, but, like, I mean, there's, it doesn't seem like they, they yeah. really have any tether to, like, except for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does seem like they were very much kind of weirdly abandoned. Like, Cliff seems to, like, when he says this thing about the replica, it suggests, and because he gets the phone call about David's family, like, he -hmm. has some kind of connection to some sort of command structure. And I mean, but like, yeah, and I mean, they probably do because it sounds like also the fact that the, the, the other pieces that the world at large is aware of them. That means right. this must be a pretty it's a public significant thing. mission. Yeah. 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 Well, and then even weirder, so we see this montage of time passing and David is able to watch his family's funeral from space. So that also and and they're also sending these like links, like the link works. So they can communicate in real time with like with Earth. So why yeah. why aren't there like NASA psychologists or somebody being like David we need to have daily meetings with you like for 2 hours a day until we establish that you're like mentally competent totally to they, like a therapy sessions mission. hello <laughs> like, yeah like, I, for I know it's sakes. 1969 and people didn't take uh mental health as seriously as we do now but I feel that in this context, no, but I think they, they yes, should have I think done it's very something. important. I mean, it's 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 one thing if he's just like you know, if he was a dude living on Earth and his family died. Yes, the, his regular quote unquote workplace wouldn't be offering him therapy. Right. Yes, of course. But in this particular circumstance, uh, I think they have a duty <laughs> to yeah. be yeah. offering. For their own sake, too. Right. Obviously, the mission yeah. isn't going to get done if he goes crazy and right. does some right. shit. Right. And so, but instead, what we watch is a man descend into, at least at this point, deep depression. He watches his family's funeral. Yes. He eats gray paste alone. He grows a beard <laughs> and generally starts to look really yeah. disheveled and dirty. Typical depression. Yeah. No, it is all the yeah. stuff you know that is the classic signs of depression. Um, yeah. Some amount of time later, 
Cliff gets an alert on his watch, and he goes up to the ship to discover that David is just morosely looking out of the airlock into space. Um, And so when Cliff returns back to the farm, he tells his wife, Lana, his concerns about David. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in, in Cliff's case, and this is accurate, he's like, if this guy cracks up, you know, that endangers me as well because I'm up there, you know, like, and if... Of course. And again, I'm like, why aren't you talking about this with, like, the people in charge? Like, why have you been left... A million percent. Why have you been left to navigate this on your own? Um, A million... I would would be like, I would be like, Houston, we've got a problem. A serious one. (laughs) Like, I am concerned for my safety. Right. Um... Instead, Lana is like, well, what if you let him use your replica to come here and just, like, take a break, you know, come back down to earth, feel, like, the wind in your hair kind of thing, eat a better meal, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And Cliff is a little bit hesitant, but he can, he's like, okay. Um, He brings this offer to David and David okay okay wait real quick real quick yeah sorry no it's fine would you would you be okay say you're Cliff yeah in this scenario would you be hesitant would that be something you would immediately be like yeah sure whatever um yeah I'd be hesitant because yeah because here's the deal I would be hesitant maybe for a di- like, a different reason than other people. I could see very, e- like, easily how someone would be like, no, because, I don't know, I'm not sure what other people's reasons would be. But for me, I'd be like, he's going to be in my body? That yeah. is... Yeah. That's off-putting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... I was just about to say, that's like being like, do you want to use a pair of my underwear? And, like... Uh, I think it's worse. I think it's arguably worse. It's well, like it is it's like worse, do you want to do you want to like it's like do you want to wear my breasts? Like I, I don't know. like it's it's very weird. I yes, I know. And and I guess the other thing is like it would be I would have trouble making the offer but maybe I'd eventually be like well, yeah. but he's really miserable and like this is a kind no, I get it. and whatever. But then no, I, think I get if it in I for self-preservation. It, yes. and, but I think as well, like, if I were offered it, I think I would hesitate to take the offer longer. That, like, David just accepts pretty quickly. Like, hmm. Um, I feel like I would accept much quicker than I would extend. Because yeah, I feel like <laughs> there's, I feel like there would be a novelty aspect of, like, being in somebody else's body mm. that I would find quite interesting. Okay. And, like, as, as the... Um, I don't know what you would call it. It's like there is, <laughs> I guess the reason why I'd be hesitant to offer is the reason that I would be, I would jump at the chance to be, <laughs> do it because as the person in the other person's body, I'd be like very voyeuristic and be like, let's see what's going on here. Right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's what I wouldn't want someone to do to my body. <laughs> Great. So you're a wonderful house guest. And do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, well, I wouldn't. I'm never gonna go to space, and I'm never gonna get a replica made of myself. So it's no. probably everyone's all good. It's not gonna happen. In this case, 
we say yes, and of course the die is cast for the remainder of the show. Yeah. Um, the day comes that they've decided will be the day that David will take Cliff's link. Um, and before he arrives, Cliff and Lana talk about like how she should interact with David when he arrives. Um, this too is intriguing this conversation because she asks Cliff, like, how should I behave? Like, how should I act? And I take this in a, when I, I kind of inferred from this, I guess that like, and unsurprisingly, I think I was right. Like Cliff is not a nice man. Um, and he is, well, he loves his family um, at best, I'd say he has a very difficult time expressing that love. Um, for sure. He's definitely a, um, a man of the sixties, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, there was a weird kind of vibe in this conversation where like she was asking permission from him about like how kind she could be to this you know, other man who was going to be in the house. You know, like, I, I thought it was a bit odd. Um, yeah. And I will and I will say the dynamic between... Well, yeah, yeah, and, like, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, and the dynamic between Cliff and Lana, at every juncture when they're interacting together, I was like, I don't get what this marriage is. Like, um, yeah. I know, like, every relationship is different. I'm not in it. Who's to say... Whatever. I get it. But I was like, I, this, I, at no point, at no point did I think that they had a loving and strong marriage. Like, at least not from her No, there was not a lot, there was not a lot of, no, there was not a lot of, (coughs) excuse me, not a lot of affection seemed to be shared. I'll say that. Um, so anyway, David then arrives in Cliff's body and finds Lana who graciously says like, can I take you for a walk in the woods? They do that. They end up sitting under a tree where David weeps and Lana gives him a very nice hug, um, which immediately I was like, oh, this is where this story is going. There's going to be some sort of like weird love triangle thing happening um back up on the ship cliff is getting edgy um and when david returns he seems greatly relieved um david shakes his hand thanks him for you know giving him that opportunity and seemingly that's where everything's going to end um when Cliff returns down to the farm, he asks Lana how her feeling, like her perspective on how the visit was. And she says yeah. it was fine. And this is where, again, I'm like, there is something weird happening in their marriage because it's not that her giving David that hug was in any way romantic or inappropriate to the circumstances. But I do think that. I would have probably told my partner that part of the story. 
Um, sure. Which she does not do. Um, very pointedly doesn't do. And again, because of things that well, will... Well, because it seems... Oh, I was just going to say, it seems to me, like, have we seen... We haven't seen the two of them hug when also he's no. Cliff, right? Correct. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. no touching really whatsoever. So, like, very clear that there's, like, something going on with their, like, their physical connection. Yeah. Well, and as well, like, I think, you know, and more as more we go on further, this will be borne out, like... I do, she probably didn't say anything because she already knows that he's a jealous person and right. would perceive that hug as some sort of betrayal. Um, and I'm not saying that I would tell my partner because I quote unquote had to or because I needed permission to be kind to someone. But I, I that's why I would tell them is because I'd be like, this is innocuous. Like a man was weeping. I gave him a hug. Like that, that's what happened on this visit. Like who cares? Right. Um, yeah. But she very purposefully and pointedly does not say that. Um, yeah. The following week, I think, um, cause they seem to have weekly physicals that they have to do together up on the ship. Um, David shows Cliff a sketch of the farmhouse and Cliff admires it. Um, and David is like, well, I would be happy to paint an oil painting of this for you to hang in the house. Um, but I would have to use your replica like one hour a week. So like, while you come up and do your weekly physical, which you have to do anyway, I, I'll use your replica down on earth. Um, Cliff takes this, offer to Lana to see what she thinks. Um, she is skeptical about it. She doesn't really want to offer this as an option. Um, but Cliff, for whatever reason, is fine with it. And so he's like, okay, we're going to set it up so that it's one hour a week where David will come down and work on this painting in the b barn um, so that's what we start seeing happening. David comes down. He starts speaking to Lana um, about the book she's reading, which is Valley of the Dolls, which I just now when I was looking up the Sharon Tate stuff, um, that's also like a linkage to this because she is in oh, really? a version of Valley of the Dolls. Let me find that thing again. Yeah. She, oh, that's what it is. She had been... Um, pegged to play a big role in a film version oh. of Valley of the Dolls. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh, yeah, I guess it did actually happen. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like after she died? No, because, yeah, Valley of, Valley of the Dolls came out in 67. Um, so a couple years oh, before oh, okay, she died. Okay. So that is probably a very okay. purposeful call back to that sort of thing as well. Um, yeah. So while David is painting, he puts on a different Charles Trenet 
record. It is not La Mer at this point. Um, but <laughs> Lana hears it and she actively seems to love this music and it seems to speak to her in some kind of way. Like, I mean, it's clear that Lana is living a life of quiet desperation. Um, yeah. But it's not... Which, arguably, I feel like a lot of women in the 60s might have done. Yes. Um, that's what the a whole... A certain type of woman, anyway. That's the whole feminine mystique book. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Um... So she escapes into reading. She's constantly reading in this show. Um, mm-hmm. Time starts to pass. Uh, they. It's unclear to me how many weeks in a row this painting thing is taking. Um, but through this time, mm-hmm. Lana and David become friendly. David offers to teach Lana how to paint. Um, which of course, when a man offers to teach you anything, he must stand behind you and like somehow find a way to like weirdly embrace you while teaching you how to do a thing, uh, which is very weird, but that is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she and David seem to become closer, and now I will say, I don't necessarily get the impression from her that she's romantically interested in David. But I do think that she has really suffered being in this isolated house far away from everything and everyone. So having a new person has meant a lot to her. That's my read of this situation. Yeah, totally. And someone who maybe, like, engages with her a little differently, right? right? Right. And seems interested in... Things that she's interested in, um, which Cliff clearly is not interested in any of the things she's interested in. Um, yeah. And so now Maybe when... Maybe doesn't listen to her. Right. Well, I mean, we saw already when she was like, can we have a party? And he's like, fuck off. No. And she's like, okay, I guess that's that. <laughs> I, um, she's like, okay, I'm really, really sad and need a party. And he's like, well, that's just too goddamn bad. I don't care about what you need. <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> And and to the extent I even can consider the notion that you have needs, why aren't they the exact same as me? Because you're my wife. So they, they should be the exact yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that seems some, like something that I don't care about. So I'm wondering why you're even talking about it. Yeah. And so this, again, this is like when we get to it, we'll be talking about toxic masculinity. So, again, we're just signposting <laughs> that right now. Um so as a result of these various developments, when now when Cliff is home, Lana seems very uncomfortable and nervous, mm-hmm. um, like more so than before. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, David is up in space sketching Lana, which will also become important later. Um, <clears throat> as a result of their growing closeness, Um, At one point, David, when he's down in the farm, um, in Cliff's body, says he's run out of linseed oil and he needs to go to town to get more. What is that? What is linseed oil? Yeah. It's just Is it for painting? Yeah. Like he said, he uses it to clean the brushes. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Um, Because you know how, like... um, like, with oil paint, like, water won't get oil paint. 
You need, um, like, a paint thinner type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, anyway, on this trip to town to get linseed oil, uh, David spots a bookstore, and he's like, how about we go in there, because I see you reading all the time. Um, and so he recommends to Lana a book... Uh, by Robert Heinlein, who we've talked about before, because Heinlein's done a number of science fiction works that have been turned into TV and movies. In this case, mm. uh, it's Heinlein's The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. And when they go up to the cashier, she recognizes Cliff's body as Cliff Stanfield. And so David has to pretend right. to be Cliff to like not create a hubbub, right? Um, yeah. And because he's pretending to be Cliff, the cashier starts talking about David's family's murder. Um, right. So when they get back into the car, Lana, like, puts her hand on David's shoulder in, like, a comforting way, and then he, like, puts his hand on top of her hand. So again, because of how little touching Cliff and Lana do... This seems significant. This seems significant. Yeah. Um, Some amount of time later, David has added Lana to his painting. Not like a super um, careful rendering, more just like some strokes of paint that suggest a a human figure. Um, Right. And then... He's like, yeah, I'm almost done. And he puts on his favorite La Mer song to start. to, And he dances with Lana, which initially she seems happy about. Um, what then happens to me was it was very strange to watch. Because whereas in that first bit where he's putting the moves on his wife in their California home. And he like reaches around and like grabs her breast in a particular way and like does this whole thing. When I first saw that, I was like, that's really romantic. That's nice. I'm glad that they seem to have a nice marriage or whatever. Now, however, he does the exact same set of moves, like literally like (laughs) the exact same order the exact same everything with Lana and well because well because well didn't you know oh I think you forgot that like all women are the same it there is no individuality it is just like moves it's not about actually connecting with a different person it's just about what are your moves you didn't know that well that's exactly what I mean that's why I said in the outline this is gross and lame (laughs) (laughs) because 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 then I was like, not only is he trying the same moves on a different woman as though that would work, and even though she's given no indication that she wants this to happen, like, then I start thinking, oh, shit. Like, is that scene that he had with a wife that's so nice, like... Does is does he literally do exactly this to her, and has he been doing exactly this for the like length of however long their marriage has been, and so she has had to just like 
for eight years pretend that the exact same order of everything is like, I love this. Don't change a thing. You know, like, so she's had to. Yeah. And then, then I was like, oh, that's one, like. I think we can assume that. Big head explosion. That's part one. And then I was like, and then think about the women he met before his wife where. Oh, 100%. He's he doing did the this, same thing. He's just doing the same thing to everybody. And then that was like a second, like, brain explosion. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was like, this is the, this is exactly it. This is the problem is like. Yeah. And this is the problem with, and this is true now, just as it was then, like he probably would have described himself. And I even perceived him as being like, you know, (coughs) a quote unquote evolved man, right? Like he cares about his wife's pleasure, blah, blah, blah. But in fact, (coughs) in fact, he doesn't care he cares about his own and that's he that's what he likes to do right or he or he you know it worked once so why would I ever change it right Right. you know what I mean like I and I think I don't know if that's like listen I don't know shit but I don't know if that's like a specifically male thing but I do feel like a lot of people, maybe people specifically who <laughs> are deeply in, like, the dating game, have – it is weird to me to, like, have a move or have – not even sexually, but, like, it, like even in, like, oh, I always go to this restaurant with my dates or I right. always or, say like, this Or, like, I have this, line. like, flirting technique or something – that I always yeah. Do. yeah. That seems very strange to me, even though I do think it's quite within the norm for a lot of people. Yeah, I but mean, maybe I'm being a little unfair to this guy because I do... No, 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 I'm not saying you're being unfair, but... I'm, I'm not saying you're being unfair, but I do think, like, especially... Okay, with the, all the other stuff like, stuff, like lines or, like, going to the same restaurant, like... I, I really actually can probably forgive all that because whatever, people have routines. But when it comes to, like, sexually, it seems definitely more problematic, a little less like you're actually... You're not asking, like, what do you like? Or, like, especially, like, his... this. His wife, maybe he fell into a routine and, like, okay, whatever. But, like, with this new person, he's not even asking, hey, do you like it if I right. blow on your neck or whatever right. the thing. Right. Like, And it is true and I think, that, like, I like that's what I was going to say is, like, maybe I'm being unfair to him. Is like, even in, like, the sexual acts roster, after you, like, have been <laughs> around the block a certain number of times, you're like, oh, yeah, this seems to be a crowd pleaser. So I'll like give this a try. Sure. But but to me what was gross about it was like cuz I'm like also there's only so much on the sexual menu anyway. Like it's a limited set of offerings that you can do. <laughs> but um well, like, I mean for boring people, yes. But like I the, look, and especially I think the people who are imaginative, it is not about the acts themselves being different. It's about like no. all the stuff around the acts being more interesting sure. or, and, or whatever. Like, I'm like, right. there's and, only and I think so it is... many ways you can stick one thing into a hole. Oh my like, God. Okay, okay, like, okay, okay. Okay. The, uh, uh, okay, I don't want to go further down this path, but like the, uh, 
I think, again, it is about the, and this was obviously a very different time, blah, blah, blah. But I do think it is about, like, the, like, (laughs) the consent aspect of it. That, like, I think a lot of people just going, like, yeah, I would feel weird if someone did something that felt very mechanical. Right. Like, they had done it before, just like that. Right. It was not, there was not even a question of if that was something that I enjoyed. That's the thing about this is, like, it's not so much that, like, he's, like, it's, like, oh, it's fine if you, like, have this preference that you like to stand behind someone and embrace them and then grab their boob. Like, okay, that's your preference. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Um, but the fact that he does it in the exact same order that he would do it with yeah. his wife is, like, you this, – this, this wasn't about your wife, and it's clearly not about this woman either. This is what you like to yes. do. And, and that's it, you know? Um, yes. Which is why when Lana pulls away, and I can't remember, do they actually kiss at all? Because it seems to take her a minute I don't even think so. Respond. I don't even think they fully kiss. He maybe, like, nuzzles her neck a little bit, okay. I want to say. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's a full kiss, and I definitely don't feel like she reciprocates, really. Well, and I will say... It seemed to me like she was a little bit conflicted. Yeah. But that but still like I think when she said like I'm not interested in this, I did get kind of a vibe of like the lady doth protest too much a bit, but like at sure. the same time I was like but still she pulled away, she decided she wasn't interested. Whether there were inter- internal thoughts and desires that she decided to tamp down, that's her business. She told you she doesn't want it. Um, right. Like, because when she pulls away, David gets really confused and angry. He's like, you wanted this. Yeah. And she's like, no, you wanted it. Like, um, and, and you kind of mistook my kindness for yeah. romantic interest, which I think is like very like I that happens. That's not a like sure. such a hard thing to believe, particularly where someone is like really in a depressed, terrible place in their life that they're gonna mistake sure. friendliness for something else. Well, the both of know? them, right? Like the both of them, I think were in a critical yes, place in life right. where both sort of starving for attention in some type of way and they both just had a different idea of the end game. Right. Um, So when Lana pulls away, she runs to the house. Um, They have a bit of a fight in the kitchen and Henry, Lana and Cliff's son, sees some of what's going on. So he then goes out to the barn and smears the painting and so when we catch mm-hmm. up as the audience later, um, Lana and Cliff are having a real fight because David in Cliff's body smacked Henry for messing up the painting. Um, we did not see yeah, this that was pretty bad. You shouldn't hit another we kid don't... or another Yeah. Guy. And so Lana is like, this guy hit our son and he and I don't want him back here. And it was interesting and it very yeah. telling because Cliff was like, well, I hit our son all the time. <laughs> you don't have any problem with mm. that. Rough. Um, 
Rough. Or like he said something like, I've hit our son much harder, you know, and that Henry needs a firm hand. Yikes, I forgot he said that. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, it's still 1969. Like, hitting no, I get it. I get it. was very normalized. And in fact, it was true. I mean, it was very much more okay for just adults to hit children, whether they were their kids or not. Like... Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, in public and everything. Yes, yes. And so Lana is like, well, I don't care that maybe Henry was acting up and I don't care that if you were there, you would have given him a smack as well. I don't want this guy doing it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I might argue probably better a stranger than his own fucking father, but what do I know? Um, but the kid doesn't know any damn difference. He thinks it is true. all his father. That's true. Um, nonetheless, Cliff is like, well, David will be allowed to finish the painting, and then I'll come up with some reason to like have him never come back. And Lana's like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> so when David comes back again, Lana leaves the house with Henry to go to the pool, and they are avoiding David at all costs going forward um meanwhile Mm -hmm. while david is down working on this painting cliff goes into his room to find these sketches of lana um and and why does cliff become so enraged about finding these sketches well, I believe, if I recall, even though I watched it, like, the other day, and I should recall, but I'm pretty sure one of them is she's naked. Multiples of right? them are naked. Oh, okay. They're, like, all nudes, basically, of her. Okay. Now, here's what I'll say about that. Uh, uh, so, we know, I mean, at least based on what we've seen, that, like, he literally never saw her naked. That is Correct. an imaginary... Yes. Uh, in his head type of thing. Now, yes. what I'm curious about is, because he obviously never really saw her naked, he wouldn't really know what anything, like, specifically looked like. Yes. Do you think a husband would... I mean, listen, I, like, he's probably not looking at it with that great of detail. It's, like, I, I get it. But do you think he would have noticed, like, hey, like, he definitely didn't do her boobs right. Or, like, hey, like, that's not what her upper inner thigh looks like. I right. This can't be from reality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because that, I mean, Cliff flies into a rage. And, yeah. But, and, you know, I think you could say, on the one hand, he saw enough to get upset that he wasn't going to look closely at sure. it, even if it was real sure. or not, you know. But as well, right, right. because they're not touching each other, like they're not a touching couple. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm not that sure was, I guess, my point. that he would necessarily have right. been able to see it and be like, oh, that's definitely not my wife's body. Right. Because... Like, I get the impression they'd be Because real, I'm very in tune with it. Yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a sex-in-the-dark kind of couple, you know? Um, <laughs> or, like, not for a very long time. Right. For a cup type or, of like, even kind of like, 
I, I think there's like a joke about this and something like, you know, like where working class couples with like 13 kids and stuff would be like, oh, I've never seen my wife naked. That would be gross. Like they have sex with, yeah, like they have sex like with full clothes on. Yeah. Like that sex is just this like um, duty to be performed. So get it done fast, you know, sort of thing. Um, and to linger over Ew. it and to get undressed would be like obscene you know, somehow. Um, yeah. I bet you there are definitely people who, oof. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, a whole other life of quiet desperation. It's kind desperation. of dark. <laughs> that's like, <sighs> there is a darkness in that that feels very, uh, yeah, that makes me sad. As, <laughs> as, like a sort of very like shy like private person even that makes me sad yeah i to think about like yeah. someone having to do it that way out of like out of a necessity or right. out of like, a, like it's not like I, there's because no, there's also people who find like having sex when you're partially dressed like a turn on right and it's like okay cool that's no your thing. not that type like, of way <laughs> yeah 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 no, this no, no. is like a lot of that, shame and like weird religious and zero pleasure is being had yeah Yeah. this is like we're we're it's like we're washing the dishes sort of like this is not for anyone's enjoyment no one likes that's sad (laughs) that is sad yeah so so i'm not suggesting that that's the marriage that cliff and lana have but it (laughs) it does seem could be like their marriage is quite aesthetic um, yeah. And so Cliff confronts David about these sketches, punches him in the face. Um, David gets angry because he's like, you don't even appreciate your wife. You don't even touch your wife. You have everything. I have nothing, you know. Um, Cliff then comes down to the farm and, like, accuses Lana of having had a, an affair this whole time. Um to which she refuses. Um, and it's in this refusal that, like, there was a brief, like, there was just a tent, like, a moment where I was like, I don't think she necessarily wanted that to happen. I don't think she had any romantic interest in David. But, like... Human she, connection. It was like yeah, a human connection type she of thing. Does, she really tries to push back to Cliff and be like, I did nothing, nothing ever. Like, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it wasn't nothing, nothing, nothing. You know that. But you can't say that to this guy because he's going to lose his shit. Like, yeah, and he's um, like a brick wall. He's not going to understand. And he's also not a gray zone person. Like, he's like, either yeah. you, like, either you're fucking this guy and you're a slut or you did nothing <laughs> and he's an ass. You know, like, there is no yeah. in between for him. Um, yeah. She does reveal, however, that um, she has felt lonely the entire time they've been in this, like, countryside home, um, that her life and that of their son is basically miserable, and that they moved here for, for Cliff, um, who, who is the only one who seems to be having a good time. Um, and they seem and he's in to, space. Yeah. <laughs> and they seem weird. to reconcile... To some degree. Back up on the ship. Cliff comes back. David apologizes to him. And says you know like. I just got really confused. Which 
I think it, it's like both the truth and a lie sort of thing. Like, because yeah. it's clear that David still does have feelings for Lana. He doesn't, he didn't believe her when she said, I don't want this. And yeah, he, he has become obsessively interested in a way that yeah. is not good. Um, and yet I sort of get it in terms of like where his, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of like where his head is at and like yes. what his life is. Yes. She's the only, at this point in his life, she's the only connection he has to earth. Right. She's the only one that he, you know, like, yes. I, and she comforted him when he was, sad. like there's, right. there's some weird trauma bonding thing. Right. Like I, right. I yeah. get it. It's problematic to say the least, but I get it. I mean, it's also like, you know, the thing that I was thinking is like, how fucking cliche. Literally the first woman you meet after your wife's death well, is now. I mean, and she's like, admittedly, she's the only woman. But that's the other thing. It's like, she's also the only woman that you can interact with. And now you're like in love with her. She's just some lady. Of course. You, you like, it is. Well, yeah, I mean. That is indicative of men, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, uh, again, like, I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, personal experience to, like, grasp or, you know, pull from. But, like, I think a lot of men pretend like they have a lot of high standards. <laughs> and when it comes down to it, I don't know if that's so true. Like, yeah. Well, and especially and it, per what we were saying before about David and his, like, sexual proclivities, if he treats sex with women as this, like, kind of, like, one-size-fits-all experience, mm-hmm. then someone like him, it makes sense that he'd be like... Why would it matter? Here, here's, here's the next woman, and she's fine. Yeah. And so, I mean, like... Yeah, and, like, not to be crass, like, with the stuff that you said before, but, like... <laughs> But a whole is a whole. Right. And, like, I I do believe, and men, sorry, I do believe that a lot of men feel that way. There is, like, they can forget everything else that's happening, pretty much. Yeah. Because a whole is a whole. Yeah. So, uh, I, like, I guess what I would say, the, <laughs> the difficulty with this connection that Lana and David had because I do think they were developing one and I do think it's a probably a trauma bond on both sides but the the problem or I guess a problem is not really the right word but the challenge of a relationship friendship or otherwise born of those circumstances is that you find yourself perhaps wondering if this trauma had never happened, would I even care about this person? You know, like... For sure. Um, and, or, like, kind of the legitimacy or authenticity of your feelings for the person. Um, friendship for feelings, sure. romantic feelings, whatever they are. So, in the, like, in David's case, it makes a lot of sense that he would sort of imprint on Lana because he doesn't have a relationship with Cliff and 
there is seemingly no institutional support coming from NASA to help him. So right. she is the only, for him, she is the only person that exists. Like, in I, the I totally world. get it. I, I think it, yeah, I think it makes total sense. I, like, I, and even though I, like, <laughs> said all that judgmental stuff about men just now, like, I, like, in this particular case, I do get it. Like, what choice does he have? Right. Like, he... Right. And then, yeah. And in Lana's case, it's not quite as bad, but it is effectively the same thing, which is where she yeah. she has actually what we were all experiencing in the pandemic in varying ways, which is like her whole life is her weird house that she hates and her quiet <laughs> I mean, she says it, not me. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, her, I'm just thinking about it in the terms of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and her quiet son and her taciturn husband like that's all she's got and here's, in her whole world and he like, and here's the like defense of her not that she needs it I don't I like I think she didn't I agree she didn't really do anything wrong personally but it, in her defense if she needs one it looks like her goddamn husband so right, right. The, it's it's so almost as if to it would her, be, it's almost as if yes. her husband has become someone that she's been craving, like Correct. or ha- has that attention yes. to her that she's been craving, and it's in the body of her husband. I actually give her a lot of credit for not giving in. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Right, she she's the one whose confusion because is more understandable precisely for that reason. It's like. Yes. Even, even though I know you're not my husband, you look like my husband. And it's his voice with your words. Yeah. Like, I don't look like your wife. I look nothing like her, actually. Um, right. Right. And I'm, and as far as we can tell as viewers, she's nothing like his wife. So. Right. He, as confused as he might be, it's like there's there were always constant reminders for him about what, what reality yes. was. Whereas for her. Yes. That's not entirely the case. Um, no. And now I just started thinking about... <laughs> this is not something I thought about in the slightest when I was watching it. But now I'm curious about their anatomy. In oh, the sense of, like, because sure, they're a replica. Sure, sure. Do they have, like, a robot dick? Like, what's happening? I assume that they must. Because a man would be like, it's not going to be existence for me if I don't have a dick. (laughs) Yeah, true. They're like, I'm not going to be a Ken doll. I'm not in the Barbie movie. You better give me a dick. Especially because it's all NASA scientists who are all dudes as well. No set would ever consider that they're like, let's make them without a dick. (laughs) Like, there would be no way. No, because... No, Absolutely not, because let's be real. Like the re- like, I'm, I'm we, uh, not to. <laughs> it's a cool concept of the replica, and like, so they keep their connection to the real world, emotional, psychological, blah blah blah. But if that conversation didn't start with, I don't, I don't think I can go six years without having sex. I think we're probably wrong too. So that's probably where it started. Is like, oh, we need to give these guys a way to fuck. <laughs> Probably. So how do we Probably. do that? And then there might be some other stuff we could help them do as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay, I guess in that case, if we're going to give them that, then I guess we could, like, maybe psychologically it's good too. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, David apologizes to Cliff for what's happened and is like, can I speak to Lana in person to offer my apologies to her? Cliff is like, no. And then he gilds the lily quite a bit by saying, Lana told me that she's disgusted by you and, you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't, she doesn't want anything to do with you ever again. And I will say, this is when um, I, like, had this thought of, like, oh, yeah, everyone's, like, loving Josh Hartnett's acting right now because the look on David's face, like, like close up on it after mm-hmm. he's told all this stuff, and the look on his face was, like, so interesting to watch because you could tell that it was like so many different feelings that he was struggling with and like not allowing himself to show like on his face. So it was really interesting to yeah. watch. What I will what I will also say Yeah, what I will also say is that um Cliff in this moment, I get it. Yeah. Blind yeah. rage makes yeah. you makes you say and do things that you maybe wouldn't. Yeah. But this man that I'm yelling at and like degrading, he's debasing and yeah. He's already unstable. He's my only other person on a spaceship with me. Maybe Ooh, don't do I don't this. know. Yeah. That seems like not a lot of foresight. <laughs> Correct. Well, and then especially, so he immediately goes back into his pod. And so his physical body is just there un, without any defense in the same spaceship as this crazy guy. Like, he's just like, bye. Oh, yeah, that's a out. good point. That's a good point that they never, um, uh, that's another way this could have gone that I didn't really think of. Yeah. Did you think that that he, that he would that well, he would kill yes, him in? Be, yes, because in the next scene, so like Cliff goes back to Earth. David shaves mm-hmm. his beard. He goes back to kind of the kempt version of himself um, that he was at the start. And as everyone mm-hmm. knows who watch crimes, who watches crime procedurals, these kinds of physical <laughs> alterations are usually indicative of. Well, and also this is also true in general. Like when somebody does something like this, you actually have to watch them quite carefully because it does suggest that they've made some sort of quote unquote final decision. Um, and it's usually not great. Yikes. So Cliff immediately jumps back to Earth. He's like, yeah, problem solved. Don't need to worry about the man who's like unstable living right next to me in space. I'll just go back to my life on the farm. Um... Yeah. He gets an alert calling him back to the ship. David then says that there's been some sort of damage to the ship that Cliff has to go out, do a spacewalk to check out. When Cliff gets to mm-hmm. like the place he's supposed to look for damage, there isn't damage. Um, and so that's what I thought was going to happen, was that David was going to basically leave Cliff in space. Kill him out there. And just like... yes. Who cares? You know, I'm never going to open yes. this airlock. He's going to die out in space. Yep. And so be it. And and yep. actually, then and then I'm going to take his link and just go yep. live in the farm and pretend like uh, I'm Cliff. I'm him? Yeah. 
And and I'll ride that out until the mission's over, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, lots of... Lots of variables in there, but yes, yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Cliff is then out of the ship for a longish time, not able to get mm-hmm. back in. When he finally does, David does let him back into the ship, he realizes that David has had his dog tag this whole time, which is like they have to use the dog tag to use the, to activate the link Proof. in the first place. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so when Cliff goes back down to the farm, what does he discover David has done while he's been out of the ship? Yeah, this is, like, maniacal. Um, he has killed the... I don't think they show... They don't show that the kid is dead. No. But it's insinuated that his whole family is dead. Yes. And there's a lot of blood, and it looks similar... Well... I don't remember in the first scene if they, like, smear blood everywhere. Yes. I feel like the Manson family yeah, did that. Yeah, they do. They so do, it's th- yeah. It's that, t- it's that type of blood smeared everywhere thing. And, um, yeah. I, yeah. And then, yeah. So now they're both, like, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's the whole thing. The final scene... Uh, Cliff returns to the ship. David is sitting at their like little kitchen table thing, and he like kicks out a chair, and kind of looks at Cliff like, "Join the party." Like, now, now we're even. Now here we are. Yeah, both fucked. Um, and Lemaire plays again as we watch the ship kind of go out into space, and that it's like I guess they've got another three and a half years or whatever left together. Woof. Um. Indeed. That is a big old woof. I looked up the lyrics to Beyond the Sea because I was curious if like something within the lyrics maybe say something. had something to do. And I I do feel like the lyrics may be the reason because a couple of a couple of verses, this one in particular, um, it says, We'll meet beyond the shore, we'll kiss yeah. just as before. Happy we'll be beyond the sea, and never again I'll go sailing. I feel like that's Mm, mm. a little bit indicative of both of them, like, getting back to their wives, like, you know. Sure. I don't know. But so what I will say, we promised discussion of toxic masculinity, and this is where it will come. I was really very surprised that David killed Cliff's family. Uh, I did not expect that to be the dark kind of twist of this as disturbing as black mirror can be um yeah i didn't see that coming either i did think it was just gonna be he falls in love with the wife he maybe sleeps with the wife and it's like that betrayal and i guess what i like as i like reflected on it over the week since i watched it um the way i think this is about toxic masculinity like there's many places as we discussed about kind of david's uh Mm -hmm. kind of sexual performance, his disregard for Lana as an actual human being with her own kind of desires or limitations or whatever they are. Um, But I think this decision to rob Cliff of his family is like the ultimate expression of that, which is 
you can't have anything that I can't have. Like if you've got something totally. that I want, then I'm going to take that from you. Um, yeah. And some people might say, well, what's toxic masculinity about that? And I'm like, that's kind of the whole crux. Toxic masculinity re- revolves around the idea that like every man is a king and deserves everything that he wants and if and when he can't get the things that he wants that is like an affront to him and like a personal insult and um yeah that's kind of that's what I ended up feeling about this was like here is this guy who at the start you have quite a lot of empathy for and you think is actually like you know, he, he's the nice guy. That's, it's also like a commentary on that, like the, the toxicity of being the quote unquote nice guy. Um, right. Cause Cliff was never the nice guy. I never liked him, but he like, see, I did because it's Aaron Paul. Like I sure. had like immediately, um, he, he yeah, I don't the, this character. Yes. Was like very kind of unlovable. But there is something like, <laughs> for me per se, I guess it is just like that or that character of his that I, I see him as always. It's like I was like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, um, he's, oh, he, he's. I just, think like his likability as an actor. If if it had been mm-hmm. a different guy, it would have been much harder to have any empathy for him at all. Like, I agree. As a character. Yeah. Because, like, at the end, I was like, I didn't like that guy. And he clearly had a difficult and concerning home life. But yeah. that didn't mean he but didn't there was still love like his a- family. It didn't mean they deserved to be killed. You know, like... Um, Definitely not. I mean, what the... And also, I mean, the other piece of the toxic masculinity, let's be real, is um, murdering women. <laughs> true. That's true. That's the re- that's like the the one you would obviously notice. <laughs> that's a pretty big one. Um because really all these women I knew and I get that like David's wife, David's wife was also or is that yeah, David's, right? Yeah, <laughs> I never yeah. remember names. So David's wife was also killed by right. men. Right. Uh, men. Yeah, I can't remember talks- if it was the Well, cuz like again, whether it was actually Kappa who killed her or not, or if he told some of his followers to kill her. Right, right, right. It amounts to the same thing because Kappa is a different form of toxic masculinity as evoked through kind of religious belief. Right. So all of the the women in this, like, yes, the surviving men have a, a whole, like, plate load of shit to deal with <laughs> but the right. women do get don't the, even the, survive the actual shit yeah. end of the stick they're all yeah. dead yeah um so that's probably like the the most yeah the most obvious well form and of then the toxic masculinity and you're also right in the sense that like the male characters make choices that result in outcomes for themselves and for the female characters. The female characters don't make any choices that affect anybody. Um, like, it's it's Kappa who decides they're going to go into this house 
and fuck with these, you know, whether this acts right. or not. He decides it. His followers go along. Um, right. And then it's David who, I mean, not that depression is a choice because I get it, it isn't. But, like, you know, it's David's no, but he, No, but he makes a choice to... Yes, depression is not a choice, and the things that happened to him obviously were not his choice, but he made a choice in how he reacted and how he yeah. went forward with it, you know, like... And that's, and as well, like, that's one of the things I'll say that comes from listening to, like, last podcast on the left and stuff, which is, like, we can be empathetic when we hear about, like, the childhood and early life of a lot of serial killers, because a lot of them, and cult leaders and stuff, a lot of them come out of these really fucked up situations, and you're like, yeesh, that's yeah. bad. You know? And sure. And you can be empathetic with those people right up until the very first murder that they do. <laughs> and then it's like... Right. Because there are a lot of people who have a lot of fucked up situations in their lives who right. don't resort to that to quote unquote like correct the issue or like cope with a problem oh absolutely i mean if ever if every single person who had a fucked up childhood or a traumatic childhood or a like and even in severe ways every single if every single person who came out of that resulted in a serial killer or a murderer whatsoever we'd literally all be dead yes it like, would be like it would <laughs> everyone would be murdered <laughs> blood on the streets no one would ever want to leave their home um yeah yeah right no i mean it's yeah there's <laughs> there uh, i mean when um, murdering someone is always a choice right like yeah. i mean even even if it's self-defense and it's defendable, right. it's you st- it's still technically a choice. The you only chose to save yourself, and right. I I don't think that's the wrong choice, but it is a choice. The only way it wouldn't be a choice is if someone was in like a complete and total psychotic break with reality, and they genuinely like were seeing cartoons where humans should be you know like that maybe yeah or I mean (laughs) yeah and obviously there's like there are accidental deaths and stuff like that you know like uh, sure that's not a choice it's maybe there are some bad choices that were made leading along the way yeah (laughs) you know yeah um but yeah it's it's Anyway, the point being, David went through a traumatic thing. He was in a rough headspace. Still not excusable. No, (laughs) no, no. As soon as that happens, it's like any empathy that I built for this character up to now is gone now because this is just not okay. So finally, let's turn to yawns and eye rolls. Um, mm-hmm. one yawn is, this was deeply engaging, and ten yawns is, this was deeply boring. What would you give it? I'm trying to remember back to, like, the first time I watched it, because second time through, or, I don't know if I've watched this more than twice, but, um, first time, I would say, like, a two. Mm. There could always be, like, a, a little bit more, it was a little bit long, I yes. get it. Um, but yeah, I was engaged. Yeah, I agree with you. I would give it a two as well for similar reasons. I'm like, I don't know that this needed to be 
90 minutes long or whatever it was. Like, I think... I think it was 80 technically, but uh, still. But I think you could have shaved five to 10 minutes off and then I would have been a bit more pleased. Um, But overall, yeah, deeply engaging. In terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is like... This seems like a recognizable world. Um, And 10 eye rolls is like, this is utter fantasy. Uh, What would you Mm. give it? Ooh. Hmm. Now, (laughs) this may reveal some of my gullibility, if Mm. you will. But um, I bought into this world pretty easily I didn't get it right away um but as soon as I understood what they were going for I was like okay so I would say it too also Mm. like I was on board for this weird replica world sure um because I mainly because I thought it's sort of a good idea (laughs) thinking about like if I were if if I were an astronaut or if I was a person who had was connected to an astronaut I would want this so, oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought into it. Whether that makes me crazy or not, I don't know. Yeah, I would say the same. I thought this was very well executed and I think speaks to what we've talked about before, which is, like, when it comes to science fiction, the best is when you just, like, make one thing kind of wild and then everything else remains yeah. mostly normal. Um, yeah. So I think I would also say that this is a two for me um, because really... Yeah, because the rest of the world is stuff that would and could and did happen, right. kind of. Right. It was very tied to the world of 1969 in a number yeah. of ways that then you were able to, like, swallow the replica thing really easily. Yeah. You know, you're like, yep, got yeah. it. Okay, cool. When in fact, cool, like, he's made of weird silver yeah. blood. I get it. When in fact, you're like, seriously, though, what is this technology? Like, where did this come yeah. from? Um, especially yeah, I mean, if you because, start to like, if- especially because when you looked at the like the computers that they were using in the spaceship and even the rigs themselves that they sit in in like their Earth homes, yeah, you're like, well, that doesn't look like super high tech or advanced at all like so how yeah that's a great point do they have this thing like that yeah I think I think it definitely I think if you start to like peel the onion it probably like falls apart pretty quick yeah but um but because of like the world building and because of I guess just like the black mirror backdrop in general there is so much that I feel like we just like accept right Right. And I I do know, like, based on things I've read about, like, reviews of this season of Black Mirror, there are a lot of critics who were like, this season's crap. (laughs) Um, I do think I do think this particular episode was one of the better rated ones and the ones that people liked the best. Okay. Um, And then there's another one that people are like, this isn't Black Mirror enough. This is just basically true crime. And that one I also loved. But, like, because Mm. I like true crime, I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. Sure. Um, So so this season in general, I think people were very mixed about um, 
me personally, I was into it all around. Wait, so <laughs> even is the ones the, that were weirder is the. Which one is the werewolf one? Demon 79? It's called... No, it's called Maisie Day. Oh, weird. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll note that for later. Oh, I might have given it away by calling it the werewolf one. Ah, that's okay. Um, um, so then finally, did you like this episode and would you recommend it? I think I know the answer Yeah, you know... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did basically recommend yes, it to you. you. Yes, Um so yeah, I did. I liked it. I liked the. Ca- I like everybody in the cast. Um, you know, I yeah, I like Black Mirror in general. So yeah, I would. And I think also for people who don't like Black Mirror, aka Mom, this one is not um, disgusting yeah. in the way that yeah. some of the other ones can be. Yeah. No, I say I would say the same. I like. It's tough when something is so disturbing as this to say that I liked it. That feels like the wrong word. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate it and I would recommend it. And I would, I agree with you, like, because I too struggle with Black Mirror. There's many ones that I've not watched because it just is like a little too triggering for me. Like, a Or little, if it's too real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's like too real world, this is definitely like a good blend of... Um, definitely not something that really could happen. Right. So it's not, like, some of the ones that are more, like, technology-based where, like, we are going in that direction, that does feel a little bit more of an affront. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This one doesn't have that vibe. And so, like, now, because I've, like, watched this one and the Joan is Awful one from this season, um, and those were, like, yeah, those are... This season feels safer for me as a viewer than other seasons of Black Mirror have felt. Um, Because, yeah, yeah, some of it is also just, like, not only... Like, it's one thing to be, like, gory or disgusting or whatever, but, like, some of the renderings in Black Mirror that make it difficult for me is, like, the whole vibe of the thing is, like, abandon hope all ye who enter here. You know, it's just, like, so bleak that I'm, like... Oh, yeah. why did I just spend 54 minutes watching that? Like, um, Yeah, that's fair. So this one, I would say I don't this know if season, you would, I don't know if you would like Demon 79 then. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but, but yeah, like, I, but yeah. in general, I'm very cautious about Black Mirror episodes because of that. I get but, that. Um, so yeah, overall, that. it sounds like we say if you've not watched this, and even though now you know everything about this episode, you might want to <laughs> you might want to check Go it out. Go give it a shot. Anyway, but if not that, then certainly others in this season, if you're like me and have a little bit of hesitation, you might like some of the other episodes in this. Yeah, if you season. like crime, if you this is what I say, if you like crime, I suggest Lock Henry. That episode is fun. Oh uh, yeah, I if you started like technolo- watching that and then didn't finish it. I like that one. That one was one of my favorites. I know people are split because, like, uh, it's not Black Mirror enough. Right. But I like that one. If you like technology-based ones, Joan is Awful, sure. Yeah. If you like ones about demons, Demon, <laughs> Demon 79. 79. I mean, <laughs> like, um, so there's kind of something for everyone, I think. If you like werewolves, I guess maybe the werewolf one. I don't know. Give people are, seem to be mad about that one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I am Sarah, and we will see you next week in space.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.